Welcome to Radar. This program can be heard at thevinyldistrict.com or anywhere fine podcasts are found. Here is your host, Evan Toth. One never knows what might end up in a songwriter's sketch pad. It could be random musings about the state of the world, hazy memories about family members, or maybe even inspired creations from the works of other masters. A songwriter's sketch pad is a diary of sorts for an artist, but it can also serve to shed light upon the unconscious interests and influences of the artist themselves. Sam Blasucci recently released his first solo album titled Off My Stars on Innovative Leisure Records. Listeners will discover a laid-back musical affair featuring Sam as he displays the pages of his metaphorical sketchbook. It's an organic album featuring the opportunity for an intimate dialogue between listener and artist. Sam is good enough to take us through the journey of the newest album and explain what he had in mind. We explore the influence that his Italian-American upbringing had and the familial roots that create a certain artistic security. We also discuss the work he's creating in his other group, Mapache, and talk about that most elusive musical instrument, the melodica. It's one thing to turn the pages of an artist's sketchbook with the hopes of catching a peek at what the creator was thinking, but it's even better to have a guided tour from the artist himself. Luckily, Sam doesn't mind narrating his creations. So, Sam, congratulations on your debut album. It's called Off My Stars, and it arrives on June 2nd, any day now, on Innovative Leisure Records. And uh, tell us about it. Well, um, thank you for that. Uh, It was sort of a long time coming. Um, Songs had piled up, and uh, it was... uh, we recorded in 2021 at the end of the year and it was kind of after a long 2020, a lot of uh, time to write and uh, a lot of material that was ready to be recorded. And I had made friends with Johnny Payne from Vancouver who produced the record and we just sort of felt like the time was right and we got it together and, uh, and recorded the songs and it sort of materialized as off my stars. Cool. A lot of folks that I'm interviewing nowadays are all, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of this stuff that everyone was uh, brewing up during the pandemic is now, you know, coming, coming out, being released and stuff like that. I guess, I guess your album's a little bit like that too. Uh Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite songs in the album is uh, Shalala, and I love the addition of the melodica on that tune, um, but on a, on a few of the songs, and also the violin there, it's got a real uh, unique element. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Shalala? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that song I wrote uh, when I was living in New Orleans, um, and uh, sort of during, during uh, Hurricane Zeta, which passed through New Orleans, um while we were there and it was just sort of uh an intense time and a lot of issues uh socially as well that we were facing and new orleans sort of inspired a i don't know a very colorful response to everything politically that the world was going through um inside of me and um with the hurricane passing through and the hurricane of you know the rest of the world it's sort of um i don't know it was a way for me to cope with it i guess um writing that song and you know i made a friend bubba who plays the saxophone on that recording out there and um i don't know it was it was certainly a a coping mechanism of sorts to 
get through uh, all of the intensity that was going on that time. Right. And um, and back to the just the production of the album, I think, uh, well, like I said, there's a lot of melodica throughout the record. How do you kind of connect with that? That's not it's not a sound you often hear. Um, and yeah, uh, it, 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 I picked it up right away, of course. But um, ha, ha, and, and also, I think you got a, a little story about, the you know, transitioning from guitar to piano here. So you had a lot mm -hmm. of keys going on on this record. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the melodica and how keyboards played a role on this new album. Yeah. Well, I've always loved the melodica. It's one of the first instruments that I had around the house as a kid um, that my father just had in his little home studio. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're kind of funny looking and they sound kind of funny. It's a very inviting little instrument to play as a kid. Um, so it, I was always intrigued by it and it was always fun to mess around with. And then as I got older, <clears throat> um, sort of got into people that took the melodica a little more seriously and actually played it as their primary instrument, you know, mainly of course, like Augustus Pablo is a big, um, you know, exciting artist for, for me to get into. And, and yeah, then I just course, got, it's funny that you bring him up. I was going to bring him up before. I just got the uh, Thriller uh, reissue, the, uh, the oh, yeah. Thriller on ORG, uh, ORG Music. It's a, it's a really uh -huh. great record. It's a, it, Obviously, for folks that don't know what we're talking about, it's more of a reggae thing, but it's a yeah. really, really fun record. Yeah, uh, that stuff was really big for me, uh, very formative music for me. And then, of course, um, in our scene, I became close with Farmer Dave, who uses the melodica a lot as well and his more current music. And, you know, he's a big inspiration for me as well. So I just sort of, it was, it started off as this fun sort of instrument for me as a child that sort of had a childish tone for all these years. And then as I got older, it, I noticed it becoming something more serious for all these other artists. And, and I was sort of happy to use it on, on this record. It seemed to fit the songs we had well too. And like a harmonica or something like that, it's really a great instrument. Adds a lot of different texture to a, a certain mm -hmm. production of a song, too. I imagine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and how about the piano? You're really kind of a, from what I understand from from the little I've read, you're really a guitar guy. But you got a pretty interesting story about the uh, integration of the piano on this album. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, uh, I've got a piano here in my living room that was gifted to me by um, Clay Finch's parents, um, who I lived with for a while. He's I play with him in Mapache. He's been my songwriting partner for many years. But they were getting rid of this piano and, and gave it to me, or I sort of took it off their hands, I suppose. And that's really changed things for me. Um, it was just a whole sort of starting fresh on a new instrument mm. that I had never really played before. And that opened up a lot of, you know, new, new musical uh, ideas. You know, it's just like brings you back to this sort of infantile state uh, musically when it's a completely new music. You just go at it, or sorry, new instrument. You just sort of come at it with this new musical approach um, because it's so so foreign and and it's brand new. You know, so I think that was big and you know branching out into different ideas that I wouldn't have been able to do on the guitar like I always have. You know? 
Right, and you can do some things that uh, maybe uh, people who have been playing piano for a long time, maybe they wouldn't even think of doing or think of putting together. I guess that's true of any instrument. Yeah. If you're not a master at it, you're going to do something with it that uh, a master might not even Right, uh, think a lot of, of incorrect techniques going on, which definitely uh, you know contribute to some new sounds. So. Right, cool. <laughs> well, it sounds like you know what you're doing. I don't know. It sounded like you know uh, what you were doing on the piano. I don't know about that one. <laughs> no, I like your. I did like your technique and your style, and uh, it really, it really works on on so many of the songs. Uh, Can you teach me? Is kind of a Todd Rundgren meets Motown treatment. In fact, I don't know if I'm catching a little bit of a Jimmy Mac in there, a little bit of a riff mm -hmm. there as an homage. But tell us a little bit about yeah. that song. That's another one of my favorites on the record. Yeah, that song uh, started out as a really slow song, um, sort of Art Lebowie, you know, like. Definitely like an old soul kind of feel to it. And then I had it for years and, and sort of, you know, didn't know what to do with it and sort of re, you know, birthed it in this quicker, more upbeat sort of Motown-y feel. Right. And that's kind of how we ended up cutting it. But there's a number of different versions of it that I have somewhere. Um, but that seemed to be the version that stuck. And definitely, I think um, the way those songs and artists that you mentioned were definite, you know, inspirations for it. But it started off as kind of that, you know, East LA. Um, it was born sort of in that feel, you know, the Art LeBeau connection kind of vibe. Right. Right, cool, and um, and I you got a couple of tunes on the album in Italiano. My wife will be very pleased. She's uh, she's American, but uh, she yeah. loves her Italian culture, and um, uh, I'm sure I'm going to be playing these tunes for her during dinner one of these days. Uh, but how did you do? Do you speak Italian? Did you speak Italian at home with the family, <laughs> or uh, how did you sort of uh, come upon uh, doing these tracks? Uh, my family's very Italian American. They don't. Uh... They know a few words in Italian that they use to uh, get their points across, you know, right. but there wasn't very much fluid conversation happening in Italian, but I sort of picked it up on my own a little bit. Um, and I wanted to do those songs because of my Italian roots as sort of a way for me to begin connecting with that, you know, so I'm not really a fluent speaker in Italian. No one really is in my family. Um, but it was a way for me to sort of begin to dig up those roots. Yeah. You know? Well, again, Sam, you're saying you're a, a you're saying you're a very basic piano player, and mm -hmm. and you don't speak Italian, but you're you're pulling it off, man. If nobody knew any better, we shouldn't do this interview because the mystique is there. You sound you <laughs> yeah. sound great. No, it's got, I feel good to humanize it a little bit because uh, it is very much me, sort of, you know just barely scratching the surface on some of these influences that I loved for a long time. But, um, you know, a lot of it is very fresh for me. It's a very first album kind of feel, you know, which is very nice. You know, a lot of, um, you know, just that sort of first album energy, you know, that has a lot of new experiments for me on there. And I'm happy that they were kind of my first time doing them. And they have that kind of first time energy, which is refreshing to me. And so the two Italian songs, one's a, are both covers, or one of them was a cover. One is an original song; the other is a cover. And how the did you Mondo find is kind of a classic Italian ballad. That's a cover. 
Okay, and the uh, the soul the um, original. So you you just figured out you know lyrics that you wanted to write to this, or is that how you put this together in yeah. a language that you're not really you know fluent in? I mean, I speak enough Italian to to sit down and take some time to write out my thoughts in Italian. You know, um, I think my Italian uh, hits a wall when I'm conversing with. Uh, you know, native speakers. Right. But I, I can sort of get my point across, which is what I, you know, tried to do in that song. Um, and that sort of has a similar energy to the the whole concept we were talking about with the piano being a brand new language, you know, um, right. and Italian in the same way. It's, it just sort of felt very fresh and kind of a, a newborn approach to communicating, which I wanted to, to take advantage of and, and use to get something new across in a, in a new way or with a new energy behind it that I hadn't been able to do before. Right. Where are you from originally, Sam? I'm from LA originally. Okay. And, and yeah. what was it an Italian neighborhood or anything that you grew up in? Or it was just kind of your, your no. folks kind of your family had that, uh, that background. I mean, my whole family, my family, uh, let's see, my dad's side is all from Chicago. My great grandfather came over from, Naples, um, and then raised his family down to my dad in Chicago. And then my dad moved here. He was also a musician. And uh, <clears throat> I was raised here in L.A. But, um, you know, my grandma, is she's 101 now, and she still has wow. that very, you know, sort of Chicago Italian, you know, attitude uh, mm-hmm. that my dad also has. So that kind of energy was very prevalent around the house, you know, um, and a lot of the sort of Italian American, um, culture was very much my upbringing. And I didn't really realize it until I got older and sort of learned about that culture and then sort of recognized that that was, you know, how my house was as well, you know, right. That kind of thing you don't really notice when you're in it, but when you're younger, yeah, you you, you yeah. don't have the context. And family, your family plays a role on the album. Uh, you know, I think your family is something that you're thinking about and addressing on a lot of these songs. Can you delve a little bit more deeply into that for our listeners about, you know, yeah. kind of the role of family and, and, of course, dad on the album? Yeah, got dad on there. Um, yeah, I, I feel like... Um, I had never really recorded on any of my projects with my anybody in my family. And I wanted to have my dad on there. Um, you know, for obvious reasons, he's been a big influence on my music and my life. And given that this was my first record and being sort of a, a fresh and almost like childlike um, start to my, my own solo music, mm-hmm. it felt natural to have him you know, be on there um, playing with me. So he plays one half of a, of the solo section on Can You Teach Me? Um, and then there's a song on there um, that I wrote for my dad a long time ago that I never really planned to record other than a little demo that I made. But we ended up doing it, and I had Clay from Mapache also sing that one with me, which was kind of a <clears throat> extended family um, you know, peace. So yeah, there's a lot of family elements on there. Albums dedicated to my mom. I don't know. It just felt like it has like a launching point for my own solo 
um, work, it felt like uh, the natural thing to do, you know. Yeah, and I uh, I did see Dad was a touring member of Toto at one point. Yes, <laughs> and is he, did he teach you any uh, teach you any secret uh, riffs or arrangements to uh, to Africa or anything uh, anything cool? Um, no, I mean he definitely taught me a lot of uh, what I know musically in general and especially on the guitar. Um, Toto wasn't really that big for my family growing up, you know. I think probably given the fact that my dad was in it for so long, um, it probably wasn't the first thing that he would throw on, you know, right. at the house. So I kind of, that's another thing I kind of didn't even really learn about until I was older. And um, it was just, you know, different. It wasn't that present. And my dad was really showed me a lot of like the old classic stuff. The first things that I would listen to when I was a kid, like Crosby, Stills and Nash or Stevie Wonder, those things were big, uh, big influences from my dad and he taught me a lot of what i know on the guitar but yeah it's funny the toto stuff didn't sort of come about until later the mood on the album is uh, pretty chill you know did you set forth to create that kind of an aesthetic or is that just who you are you just a, you're just a chill a relaxed kind of guy paradise is a song that that really embodies that uh, that aesthetic for me well yeah that depends who you ask i suppose um some people might might think I'm pretty chill, others maybe not. But I think uh, I definitely wasn't, didn't have any real intention to establish any sort of vibe. I usually try to just let it come out and uh, not orchestrate it too much. I'm not a big fan of themed records or themed, uh, you know, energies on a on a recording project or anything. So I think that phase of my life or where I was back then, which was now you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Two years. I think that's probably just kind of where I was. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, without too much premeditation on it, it's kind of how it came out. Right. And the, and the recording is uh, very loose. It's very live. And uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, how, what the process was, was it, was it very live or, you know, uh, how did you sort of go into the studio and put this stuff together? <clears throat> Some elements of it were pretty live. A lot of it is very loose because aesthetically I, I tend to gravitate towards that more. I like that feel right. a lot. Um, but a lot of it was recorded by me and Johnny with some like special guest musicians on um, sort of in addition to that. So a lot of it was um, overdubs and sort of building on top of what we were doing because it was mostly just me with some help from you know other friends so there's some elements of it that are live i had a couple drummers come in and we would do a backing track together live and then build on top of that but a lot of it was you know kind of track by track from the ground up right any interesting uh, technical details or recording details you could share with us that uh, people might not realize when listening to this it was all digital i imagine and um <clears throat> this one we did do digitally yeah um we did it at uh, Dan Horn's studio, which we've recorded at for years. Um, and he had just sort of rebuilt part of it and made a new control room. You know, this one was very, um, we focused a lot on the songs and um, we really just wanted to sort of get those songs as they are in their simple nature out, you know, without too many bells and whistles, you know. 
So it was really kind of a humble approach to, to recording. And there are a few high-profile uh, cover songs on this album, too, that people will be, uh, I think, probably surprised to stumble on if they're not expecting them. The first is Dido's Thank You, and mm -hmm. the other is Linger by the Cranberries. And, uh, you know, how'd you kind of choose these two tunes? And uh, also, Thank You is interesting. You kind of kept it a partial instrumental, and it made me kind of, I was like, I kind of want to hear the whole version now. You know <laughs> what I mean, Sam? It left yeah. me wanting more. Yeah, well... Uh, I love those songs so much. I mean, it boils down to that, you know. I mean, you mentioned uh, sort of my intent with establishing a sort of chillness or feel to the record, and I think that's a perfect example of not really uh, trying to get away from that, if anything, you know, not trying to establish any sort of vibe and just playing these songs that I just really liked as songs, regardless of how they may come across or how they may feel. Uh, those songs, especially, um, I had gotten sort of mixed uh, reviews from people, even just before the recording process, just trying to get into those songs with people. They weren't as widely, you know, accepted or interesting to a lot of the people that I ran in circles with and musically. So I kind of felt a bit of a responsibility to sort of do a version of them that would... Um, I don't know, give, show those songs in a way that I felt uh, showed their beauty and how good of songs they are, you know, regardless of how cool or sort of, you know, widely accepted they may be in the, you know, popular music world or whatever. But that was uh, definitely a bit of a, a factor to it, wanting to expose those songs in a way that, um, you know, shined a new light on them no matter what, how they may seem now, you know, because they're a bit, they're from a certain time period that, and a production style that uh, some people gravitate towards and others do not. So. Well, it's interesting, and I, and I imagine you're a little younger than I am, so I I do remember those being big hits, and they were at similar times. Um, but it's it when I was listening to those songs too, Sam, I was thinking, you know, it, I think you really achieved what you were trying to do with those two because I was thinking, you know, it's so interesting to hear a fresh take on these uh, these two songs that have such a history that you've heard this so these songs in restaurants and malls and on the radio, and you know, people no matter what their generation is they know these these tunes but mm -hmm. listening to your version is like you know shining a, a real different filter a different light on them and it it reminds you of the whole songwriting process in the entertainment industry like hey maybe mm -hmm. there was an alternate reality where the cranberries didn't do this song and someone else did and this is what <laughs> yeah. might be what it sounded like so i mean on that on that level i i really i, I enjoy the songs anyway but on in that way yeah. i enjoyed them particularly well, that's good. I mean, it boils down to the fact that I just think those songs are so good in their core. You know, they those people wrote really great songs and I just I wanted to uh, sing them myself, you know, and just right. do my own version of them. And that was the bottom line. kind of. How come you didn't add the uh, uh, all the verses of uh, of thank you? I'm just curious why why you made. Well, that that's uh, the melodica seemed to sort of I mean, that was kind of uh, I was listening to a lot of the instrumental Augustus Pablo covers that he would do of like a lot of the old soul songs that he would do back in like the late seventies. Right. And I feel like that was kind of uh, inspiring to me. I wanted to do something like that. And I felt like that, that melody would be more interesting 
sung from a melodica rather than uh, from my voice, at least for that section of it, you know. That was cool. That was very cool. Uh, your other group is called, as you mentioned a little earlier, uh, Mapache. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. Mapache. Mapache. And yeah. tell our audience, you know, what to, what they should check that out after, of course, they listen to this record first, but after they listen to your newest album, uh, what, what should they expect from the other group and um, uh, what's going on with, with them lately? Um, well, we just put out a new single today with that group, actually. Oh. And that, uh, that group goes back a while. Me and Clay uh, go back many years, back to high school. And uh, that was sort of our first recording project together. And, um, you know, it has its roots in a lot of that music that we grew up in, in California and like the old cosmic country and California music from, you know, the 60s and 70s and the 80s as well, you know. So it's a lot of, you know, Graham Parsons influence stuff. And um, yeah, I think it, it tapped, it's definitely a different um range of genres i think um which is partly why i felt like it was good to do my own solo thing at this point so that i could do songs like il mondo and and you know like the italian ballad and the lingers or sorry the cranberries cover and things like that because uh it is quite different right uh are you planning on a vinyl release for this yeah yeah the vinyl is available for I think if people pre-ordered it, it's already arrived um, to a lot of their, a lot of people. But um, yeah, it'll be sold on vinyl, CD. Cool. And we'll and be touring in July and selling it at the shows. That's just what I was going to ask. What's the what's the tour plan? What's the tour idea? Um, we have a tour. Um, let's see, it starts on July fourteenth um, in Yucca Valley, and then we go through um utah and up through the pacific northwest seattle portland and then back down ending uh, a couple nights in la it's about a two-week run nice yeah. and do you have your sophomore album lined up and ready to ready to get back in the studio and start working or what's the next uh, yeah. musical plan yeah yeah we got more music in the canon coming out soon so no shortage of that really well, cool. Well, I wish you luck with the new album. I wish you luck. Uh, have a safe tour, and uh, and I look forward to hearing um, your future releases. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You got it, Sam. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Likewise. Radar is produced by Evan Toth in partnership with WFDU 89.1 FM and The Vinyl District. You can hear Radar on WFDU 89.1 FM or anytime online at thevinyldistrict.com.